2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: This intro is the soundtrack to every butterfly metamorphosis. It's Gideon by My Morning Jacket off their 2005 album, Z. Or if you're Canadian, Zed. It's also number 457 out of 500 on the Spotify original, The 500, with guess who? Me, Josh Adam Myers, the King of Fleece. Thank you guys for tuning in to the only podcast that's going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums, and man, oh man, am I having a good time going through it. And this album is the reason that I do this. Thank you to all the people doing the Instagram stories, guys. Take the screenshot of how you're listening to The 500 and tag me. Give us that 24-hour ad so we can get the word out So more people can complain about my views on these records (laughs) Now, before I go into the little spiel I do about My Morning Jacket I just gotta say, I know how tough it was to listen to an old record this week When you have new Tool We waited 13 years and I am blown away by how good the new Tool record is It's everything I wanted. It's literally one song for 90 minutes, but with insane drum solos, just thumping bass, thumping, ripping guitars. Maynard's voice, just perfect. This album is everything that I've ever wanted in a new Tool record, and I couldn't be more blown away. Go on Spotify and pull up "Fear in I don't even know if that's the name of it. It's like "Fear in Conkalakala" by Tool, and and just fucking. Just send me a message that you did it. And, and if you're blown away by it as much as I am, I, we're blood brothers. That's all I can say. We're blood brothers. We get it. We're Fleece Army. We're wearing fleece. We're listening to Tool and My Morning Jacket. It's kind of a weird back and forth to go from My Morning Jacket, which is all happy and upbeat. And then you got Tool, which is all kadoogly spoogly. But man, is that kadoogly spoogly fucking perfect. So listen to it on Spotify, guys. All right, little bit about this record, guys. Released on October 4th, 2015, Z is the fourth album from My Morning Jacket, a psychedelic independent rock quintet that formed in Louisville, Kentucky in 1998 to showcase singer-songwriter Jim James. It almost didn't happen. Really? Morty, tell me more. During the tour for their previous well-received third album, It Still Moves, which is a fucking great record. MMJ guitarist Johnny Quaid Not related to Dennis Quaid And keyboardist Danny Cash quit the band Due to tour fatigue After considering becoming a three-piece Or quitting altogether Jim James bassist Tom Blankenship And drummer Patrick Hallahan Held open auditions in Los Angeles And replaced Johnny and Danny With multi-instrumentalist Carl Bromel Who writes these names? And keyboardist extraordinaire Bo Coster. Using the exciting but awkward energy of getting to know each other, they set to experiment further out of their comfort zone on their next album. While Jim James had produced their first three albums, for Z, they brought in the accomplished John Leckie, who produced albums for bands like Radiohead and Muse, but also began his career at Abbey Road Studios and worked on one of Jim's favorite albums, Blue by Eiffel 65. No, it was really George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. But what if it wasn't? I'm blue, and I'm i am Besides a professional producer, the band also agreed to leave Louisville to record in Shokan, New York, at Allaire Studios. What they created was a record that expanded their signature reverb-drenched sound into a wider soundscape. And... It became a huge hit and a fan favorite. Today, I've got one of those fans. My guest today is Brooks Whelan. You know Brooks from Saturday Night Live. His appearances on Conan, Seth Meyers, Girls on HBO. He did New Faces with me at Just for Laughs. He is a true My Morning Jacket fan. And when I came up with the idea and we were talking about my podcast, he looked at the list and he goes, I'm the only person that's doing Z. And guess what? he is. Rate, review, and subscribe to The 500 on Spotify or anywhere you get your pods. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, guys, nothing left to say, but here we go with number 457 out of 500 with Z by My Morning Jacket.
0: Brooks, oh Brooks,
2: wheeling. Brooks, Brooks, Weiland, Brooks, Brooks,
1: Weiland. That's pretty good. Isn't that good? It still moves. Yeah, th- that's. Thank no, you that just, not, That's it still that. Moves. That's fucking wordless that's, chorus, dude. Yeah, that's wordless chorus. It still moves. as their first? as their third album? What? A, what? A, what an intro! <laughs> what a, to prove you. how much I do love
2: <laughs> my favorite
1: band. But, when when I think th- of wordless <laughs> chorus, I just I don't think of the lyrics. I think of the boo boo. Yeah, it's, it's like that. Rev- it's like that. Like. Do, 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 do. Like that's like,
2: it's it's a song. Well, we're gonna get into it, but it's a song that for so long I just didn't appreciate and then that's why i'm so glad that we're doing this record so tell me when i i did your podcast we did my pod um which is great everybody entry level entry, check it out check we talk out. about
1: everybody's first jobs who cares let's talk about this podcast
2: and it was great but but what was cool was at the end of it i was like dude i saw all your records and i was like i want you to do the podcast mm-hmm. i've known you for x amount of years let's yeah. fucking do it and you were like my morning jacket z uh yeah
1: i the my morning jacket is the only band i own every piece of vinyl from everything because it's not an insane amount. It's a reasonable amount, seven records. And they're great on vinyl. And they're also like a hardcore bias on vinyl. They put everything out on vinyl, and
2: it's really great. It's awesome, yeah. But why do you feel so connected to My Morning Jacket? Uh,
1: I don't know. Like, I mean, I'll be honest. The first time I saw them, I, they were opening for Pearl Jam at the United Center in, like, 2005, maybe, in Chicago. It's
0: evolution, baby.
1: Yeah. I'm out here. You're just fucking. 100%. So, so they came out. This is before Z, and they came out, and they're playing, and uh, I just remember being like,
2: Get off. Oh, you are just not having it. I, you, well, you're such a, a Pearl Jam. Well, I'm, a fan, Pearl Jam right? I'm a
1: Pearl Jam maniac, but I would say it's transcendent. To maniac, a, not fan. Maniac, is that Pearl what Jam, I heard? But I like my morning jacket more now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I had this problem when I go to see Pearl Jam, and you know you're 18 and dumb and don't understand that you're the the band picked whoever's opening for them, and yeah. they probably are somewhat. Yeah, they're similar. vetted.
0: They're a vetted. Yeah.
1: In my head, I'm like, they've got Pearl Jam tied up in the back, (laughs) and I am having to watch this band I don't know, and it's a nightmare. Bring
2: bring Mike McCready back. Come on, man. Just bring him out for the first time. Just Uh, come on. And
1: then uh and then like a year later, uh a guy, a really cool guy who was like a senior when I was like a freshman in college was like obsessed with Z. And he was like, Check out this band, and I was and I listened to it, and then I realized, Oh, I hated this. And it turns out these are my favorite this is this is the
2: best thing I've ever heard. Z. Why, so why are you so connected to Z, though?
1: Uh, it's college, 2006 sure. it came out. I, I went to start college in 2005, like, it just as a hardcore, growing up in Iowa, like, like older brother loves Zeppelin, so I love Zeppelin and love Pearl Jam. Like, I had no taste that was my own. Yeah. Uh, I was like, Fugazi's cool. And then uh, and then you get to college and you are you get... You're, it's, meet, you're open to everything. You're you smoking cool pot. You're yeah.
2: at the dorm. Somebody, you walk by yeah. a dorm room. I somebody's can, fucking playing this. Exactly. You're like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So I can't tell you how many how many rounds of disc golf we played to Z. We would just put it in our <laughs> backpack, play it as loud as we could, and then just walk around smoking weed, playing disc golf to, to Z. And then after Z... Um, What was the album after Z? It was was Evil Urges. Evil Urges. Then Evil Urges. So then Librarian came out, which is on Evil Urges, and that's when I was like, Oh man, this is my favorite band of all time. It's and then Circusial, like Victory Dance, fucking cemented it. Yes, and then the waterfall. It's just, and then I've seen them like probably eight times or eight to ten times, and it's just like each time I'm like, do the best, do the best.
2: So very much like you, um, I I went with actually JT, my producer. We used to go to concerts all the time mm-hmm. together in Washington D.C. We used to go to the Nine Thirty Club, and there was a local D.C. band called Lake Trout. Okay, and they were like hippie jam slash Radiohead, so electronic out there had like some dance influence, like drum and bass, right. And and Jer was like, "Yo, man, let's go see Lake Trout." And also, there's this band, My Morning Jacket, opening. And we went. And, and first of all, I'll be, you know, completely honest. Lake Trout went up and fucking destroyed, mm-hmm. and the audience went bananas. And then they finish, and I'm not lying. Half the audience leaves. Yeah, and it's weird it's just it's maybe like another like three or four hundred and then my morning jacket and then they went up there this is right around the time of It Still Moves sure. and just blew me away just the head banging yeah. the no shoes the solos plus
1: this is when Jim James has super long hair long, in front of his face yeah. playing he looks a, like a muppet. V, he looks like a Muppet v. he's yeah. like One he's, Big Holiday on Conan in like 2004 is like my favorite thing to show people
2: it's just, a, it's just incredible
1: it's, a, it's just so incredible And you're like What is this A metal band And then he's just like eh and I'm like oh man this is so great so with
2: me I went to see them after that and I was like god that was one of the best live shows I've ever seen so then I used to do this I'm not proud of this but I used to get a lot of my music recommendations from Entertainment Weekly I mean dude when you're little you have no idea but dude they used to have a really good music dude that's how I found out about uh, Badly Drawn Boy that's how I found out about Travis a lot of the British bands I was into and they were like it still moves A plus record I found out about Kings Leon from Entertainment Weekly Yeah, and I went out and got it. Guys
1: ruled dude, so hard,
2: dude. I went out and got uh, it. Still moves, and it just—it com- was just like It's stopped the to s- bottom it's so fun. So it's—I I mean, th- in my opinion, I think it's their best record.
1: I like it. Still moves because it's got Easy More Than Rebel on yep. it. Uh, run Ma- through, Magida,
2: Magida, run through, run through. Run through is my favorite. Like,
1: play this song to get hyped. I will listen if I'm like if a, if, a, if, a, if a, there's an important set. Uh, I listen to Run Through before I audition for Saturday Night Live. Cause it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. It's just like like, it's like a great song to get excited. Uh, yeah. Also, it's got one big holiday on it. It's, keep going. It's so good. It's um, got steam
2: engine. It's got yeah. those like four songs at the end that are all like twelve minutes long. Yeah.
1: Run through is like the my favorite. I have, okay. Can we? I open up. So I love my morning jacket so much, and for some reason, people like turn their nose up who are snobs because they don't know anything sometimes. Yeah. But I make, I have a my morning jacket starter pack. That I send to my friends. Nice. Like new friends that I'm like. Hit me. What is it? Okay. So it opens with. I pulled it up. Anytime. Which is on Z. Which is my favorite song from Z. Okay. Because it, it just comes in. With like, and then he goes. Damn. <laughs> it's real quiet. Yeah. We'll get to it. But he's it, just that real small like. Damn. And I'm like. Okay. This is a banger. This is great. It, it lets you know that this is an exciting fun band. Then this next song I go. Librarian. It's like Jim James, like what he goes to later of solo. It's like sure. his first solo. Like, I'm just going to acoustic go nuts. Then Spring Among the Living, which is just like the ultimate. One of my favorite songs. Like, hey, this is a band. Yeah. This band is firing on 50 cylinders. It's Sergeant Pepper's type shit. Uh, then I go One Big Holiday. Let's let them know that these guys rock
2: hard. You got to hear that. That's
1: <laughs> and, and then we bring it back to old school uh, from the Tennessee Fire picture of you, where he's like, I got A picture of you So I give them like You got Spring Amongst the Living The most produced My Morning Jacket song And then Picture of You Super underproduced What I do love about My Morning Jacket Yeah So I show you that this is a full band And you're welcome to a a new world I love that Just like My Morning Jacket is the what is like one of the few bands That I haven't been able to pin on A specific relationship do you know what I mean? Like, I've got bands that I've, like, listened to with a girl over and over and over, and then, like, when we break up, I'm like, oh, I don't like that band as much. My Morning Jacket has sustained every relationship.
2: I love that. Yeah. I love that they're they're just the, they're the like, through line that's yeah, kind of keeping you going.
1: Well, it's just like, I, they've always been, like, my band that I've brought into the relationship. I've ne- never, it was never introduced to me. I guess me and Tanner's relationship is pretty important to this, but yeah. other than that. Yeah. And he never wronged me, so.
2: Good for it. Fuck. Well, Tanner's a good...
1: He's a great guy.
2: Great guy. He's living right. in North
1: Carolina, rocking it as a biomedical engineer. Shout out, Tanner.
2: Fuck yeah. We'll get to that later, too, because I have some shit about that. All right. Well, our album is number 457 out of 500. It's the fourth album, Z, by My Morning Jacket, released October 4th, 2005, produced by John Leckie and Jim James. And for all of my Canadian listeners, you call this album... Zed, which Avery told me, I had no idea that they don't say Z, yeah. in fucking Canada they say Zed. Well. So, also something really cool about this this record, uh, the meaning of the word, the meaning of the album Z as the title, isn't that deep. Uh, according to Jim James, he said, "I feel like it had a lot going for it." It's also the last letter, the twenty sixth letter in the alphabet. And I wrote all the songs when I was 26. And cool thing about connection is when you were 26, you got hired on Saturday Night Live. Yeah,
1: I did. Well, I was I got hired on my 27th birthday. So I'd gone. I'd auditioned. And I remember on my 27th birthday, I got a call that was like, hey, come move to New York. And I'll go. I was like, hey, that's what a a crazy day. It's my birthday. (laughs) And the producer goes, I don't care. Get here. And I was like, that's foreshadowing. (laughs) That this might not be the friendliest it's not place. not going to work. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, what would your, what would then, so if that is your 27th album, then what would you call your 28th album? My 28th album?
1: <laughs> shit. i try to get My Morning Jacket on SNL. No lie. Really? Yeah. Because like, they're very open to the cast and writers of like, who should we have on? Lauren literally fucking took a shot at him. Uh, and I've, to- I've run into Jim James. He lives in, well, I don't, I won't say where he lives, but I, I bopped into him and I was drunk enough to be like, yo man. I tried to get you on SNL because I did. I fought for him. They were coming out with uh, Waterfall, and I was like, "He's like, who do we have? You know, what do you, you know?" Because he thought I was cool because I, I loved like who,
2: Lauren thinks you're cool, or Jim th- James. Lauren you're- thought
1: I was cool with the music that I liked. I yeah. was like, "We got to have Arcade Fire. We got Arcade Fire right away." And then I was so stoked. We had the National. We had uh, Kings Leon.
2: Yeah, you had some good music Black on your Keys, season,
1: uh, Saint Vincent. It was great, and then probably like,
2: the last era of like rock and roll as the most popular it music was in America. So
1: great, and I was furious at everyone else. <laughs> and then it turns out like One Direction is actually wonderful. Yeah, they're so they're nice. nice and you're like, fuck you. Yeah, apologize for this motherfucker. But, I, I think the only two bands I didn't go downstairs, I didn't walk from the ninth floor to the eighth floor to watch, were Katy Perry and Coldplay. I was like, I, why I not Coldplay, need, dude? I wasn't into it. I was just like a bunch of dorks either way. Uh, but I was told Lauren, it was like, we got to have my morning jacket on. They got a new record coming out. And, he, and Lauren, who's what? 75 or whatever. Sure. He's like, maybe in 2007. And I was like, you old bitch. You
2: fucking Canadian yeah. piece of shit. And
1: then I told, uh, some James about it. And like, I was like, dude, Lauren's a dick. You whatever, Cause they've played before. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, he's, just, I, I, I don't know him personally. I just have like yelled at him once in, in Highland park. And he was like, oh, yeah, he talked me out of, like, wearing my cape or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lawrence was like, you lose your cape. <laughs> and he was like, I got talked out of because it's Lauren Michaels. I was like, yeah, I don't listen to that can, fucking idiot. Can you put down your bow
2: staff? Yeah. I don't think that's going to be good for the performance. And,
1: and then we'll get to it later. I was at the My Morning Jacket show in Iowa City where Jim yeah. James tripped on his cape, fell off, destroyed his back, and then wrote Circutial on fucking pain pills.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah,
1: because he was in the hospital.
0: Purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: The number you have reached is one hundred point seven WMMs. It wasn't just a
0: radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll oh, city oh, for oh, sure. Oh, right? oh, I Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Like.
0: Oh, the wrath of the buzzer. WMMs. Cleveland.
2: The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles: The Wrath of the Buzzard. P r o h Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Fuck yeah! Well, let's dive into the record, okay? All right. All right. So the album opens uh, with a heartbeat bass line. which is
1: what I am confused when you open the show. I've, I'm so used to where this. You need to hear like, the. Hit. Hit. No, it's like boop
2: boop boop. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's just, just so. It's, it's, it's that's what I'm saying is that they I start a lot of shows
1: with this. This do they song. really? Yeah. Cause it's such like a, just a, whoa, cool. And it's also a thing where the lead singer can come out a little late. It takes a minute for him to start. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. So then he can come in with his cape. Yeah. Um, this to me sounded a lot like the flaming lips. Uh, from uh, yeah? What I've heard of the flaming lips. This didn't sound like anything uh, by my morning jacket. When I fir- when it first, first that first instance you're talking about and lyrically, it's a mission statement about creativity and ironically, a chorus without any words written to it. Peter, go ahead and play the chorus for me. And they're literally just putting it out there, like, where are where the, the chorus. Yeah. And I, we're just like, no, that's gotta mean something I mean, so co- deep. Well, also,
1: they got the coolest line, the coolest line, maybe the coolest My Morning Jacket line. Uh, is we are the innovators they are the imitators yes which is like whoa that's so money
2: well I think that like just like you said when you see wordless wordless chorus and you're thinking of the 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 depth of Jim as a lyricist you're probably like wordless chorus it's got to be about being in a relationship with someone you love but just not being able to speak because you're so in love with them nah, you just, he's it's, just it's like, just a hook and it's you're just, just like <laughs> ah! he's like yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
2: okay yeah okay well SNL we talked about that a little bit already is widely known to have great creative people writing and performing on the show okay but you're on a major network and there is a ton of restrictions on creativity how did you find that process well I don't think there?
1: there was any I would say SNL as much as I don't like to give it props it never stifled creativity really uh no go nuts do whatever you want we'll figure it out later uh, music rights. We'll figure it out later. Go crazy. I don't think there's any other show out. There is no other show in, on on the planet actually in America. I don't know about it, on the planet that if yeah, there's you do some come, Israeli if you, show. Where they're just yeah, like, well, just yeah saying, so free. If you come like, up with an idea Wednesday morning <laughs> at 10, 9 a.m., it can be on TV that Saturday. Like, I don't know another show that is that creative. That being said, there is a lot of like family feud and who gives a shit. Yeah. And what happens is the really creative writers leave and they make, I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Like that is that's like worth the like they the the really creative writers bail and go make really creative television shows. But it's uh, so like SNL,
2: great. but SNL at least gets those juices like really flowing. Oh, it's and great, it's just, yeah. And they could take all those ideas. At no
1: point was I ever told no at SNL. I mean, I was told no constantly at SNL, but you, uh, why
2: I, do you think you were told no? I mean, I, I mean, was, like, were you bringing them ideas that were just so because I remember one of the ideas that you got on the air was the the vermin thing you did with Ed Norton, right? control, yeah. yeah crit- it was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have given the respect. Critical, uh, it's only
1: a, my only basically good sketch I ever got on the sounds. It sounds like it sounds like a, like a print song. Oh.
2: Create a control.
1: Ha! Yeah. And I mean that was yeah, that was I wrote a lot with the guys who wrote weird stuff, like Tim Robinson and Zach Cannon, who made I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, and then Michael Che and I would write together and we would always write stuff that they're like, What are you doing? But it was it would get laughs in the room and then would make it to on to the air, but it would always be the final sketch of the night and then we'd run out of time. It happened four times that like my oh. like super weird creative sketch got cut at the last like at the last second one of them was one of them was uh okay it was a key it was on the christmas episode the only non-christmas episode sketch it was uh the part of the movie king kong where after they find king kong the next scene is he's on broadway so we wrote the sketch where we pitch our idea of chaining a monkey to the stage
0: yeah and
1: uh (laughs) it's me and jimmy fallon and i'm in a neck brace because kong has been raping me and uh (laughs) Turns out we're uh, romantically involved twin brothers who refuse to play theater politics. And it's just like,
2: what the fuck are you doing? But it made it on, It made it. It got to the dress rehearsal. It did all of that. Moon
1: dress. It's going to close the Christmas episode. Ran out of time. Oh. Uh, there's another one where um, there's a little kids' bodybuilding competition where uh, it was clear yeah, that already. Kenan Thompson had been in trouble before and he was hosting it. Yeah. So he was keeping his distance from the kids. Uh, it was called Little Buff Boys and uh yeah it was just what is the and like he like picked a song at random to sing uh f- like he just hit play on his ipod on shuffle and it was i'll make love to you by boys to men so he's screaming i'll make love to you at little boys yeah flexing and he's in like this like and there that made it to the air but then got cut for time there's another one where like there's was a christmas idea where uh like a white elephant where instead of like finding uh inst- like Keenan got like a Snuggie And then I opened up a present It was three baby owls And I'm like Alright This is definitely Sir Pippington And it turns out One of the temps Is John Goodman In like a long wig And like a Like a owl chair And he's like I don't know And like <laughs> Basically they love All that shit It just doesn't it make just, it It's
2: just when it gets to it They throw it at the end And then Yeah cause it's you like, think they did that on purpose? Like they were like Just put it at the end It'll get cut
1: No I mean maybe But I think that's actually We're giving them Too much nice credit I don't really? think they would ever care about p- feelings like that. I think they wanted to get it in and they just didn't make it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's like they're they're super creative, but like the stuff that plays is like, let's make fun of this hit song.
2: It's it's it's. I, I don't want to shit on it I mean because I know So many people that work on it It's just I, watch, it. I just don't watch it anymore It's a show for high school kids
1: Man It's a show for high school kids It was
2: kids. I re- Well like But see also When I started watching Saturday Night Live When I was in middle school If not If not fucking I was watching Eddie Murphy's greatest Saturday Night Live bits uh, mm-hmm. When I was still In elementary school Yeah they, I just feel like The writing and the character work And like You know There would be no such thing As Wayne's World On the show now Like I, I don't feel like There's independent <clears throat> characters It's like It's all spoofs And shit like that
1: i don't i haven't watched it since i left but like once when you're when you're in it you have no idea that when you're in it you think it's the most unique wonderful show of all time once you leave it's like it's a little stockholm syndrome me like because like it it does stink and you don't love it but once you get away from it you're like oh no i don't that wasn't i would never watch that
2: yeah (laughs) but you're in it you're just like no this is the greatest yeah shit ever all right that then goes into it beats for you uh, where the four is the number and it's just the letter U. And mm. I think that Jim James uh, spells. Also, you know, he
1: goes by Yim Yams sometimes. Does
2: he go by Yim? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. And the yim acoustic Yams. thing that he did for George Harrison was yeah. Yim Yames. So it, the, he spelled it like this either because Jim is a huge uh, Prince fan or Jim likes to tweet like a 14-year-old girl. Uh, despite that, it's a pretty precious and a very organic Radiohead way. Uh, play a minute 50 for me, bud. One, two, I think this song uh, is about two people that are dialed in in love, but love is boring. Uh, so we're kicking this bitch to the curb and moving on to sure. the next song. Yeah,
1: you you asked me up top. You're like, I have meanings for the song and stuff, and I'm fully. I don't. I'm really bad at listening to
2: the lyrics. The lyric, I'm the same way,
1: unless it is like acoustic storytelling. Like, librarian is, he's like, simple little bookworm. And then he tells the story of going through, like, wonderful the way it feels. He tells the story of, like, how happy he is. He wants to go. But, like, if it's a song with the chorus and verse and it's not Tom Petty being, like, and then Johnny met her and he left like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like,
2: I, I'm like, dude, I, I don't I know the words to songs until yeah. I literally now sit down and I listen to each record with like genius open. And mm-hmm. I'm just like reading along. So, and that, and I'm noticing it's like, I'm getting them finally by doing that. It's the only way yeah. I get words. Cause if not, I'm like, I'm like just a small town school. Yeah. Skeeting, batting, dee, ba doo. Yeah. I'm like, these noises make my head good. <laughs> yeah. All right. That goes into Gideon. All right. Um, uh, play Gideon's little, one of my faves. One of your faves, play a little bit of it. Oh,
1: uh, it just sounds like if U2 was good. Ah, uh,
2: no. Thank you. All right, so first of all, that is exactly what I wrote. This sounds like something off of uh, U2's Joshua Tree, yeah. even down to like the biblical title of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the second single. What I love about this song is this is what really, uh, this this is right where you just can hear how powerful Jim James' voice is. Like, you forget that this dude can fucking well, belt, dude. He's great. He, he is in
1: Incredible. And you know what you made, you made me realize when you say this is the second single and why I do love My Money Jacket the way I do is because it feels like they, it's like one of those bands that you love them, they feel like they belong to you.
2: You know what I mean? No, I, I agree. Because they don't have I, hit radio singles. Dude, there are people, the people that I have met that like My Morning Jacket, yeah. fucking love them. And then 90, and everybody else is like, ah, I don't I've never fucking heard of them." Exactly. Man. So when you go, it's like- You feel like you're in a hit, It was like, I remember when I went to go see TV on the radio live, mm-hmm. and I was like, everybody in this room is cool. Now, this one seems to be uh, a conflict between what religion has meant and will mean in the modern world. Ooh. Now, you- which I find this blows my fucking mind. You have a degree in biomedical engineering. Yes, and that means that you researched eyes and heart valves, which is fucking ridiculous. After only know, after knowing you for all these years, but when
1: I knew when I knew you and Angelo and Gerard back in the day, when I moved here, I was working full time at Caltech in a research lab. I
2: know that. That's what I'm saying. And you, and you got fired because the joke. Yeah, I got joke. fired. I got fired over. T- I got fired from. <laughs>
1: Irvine. I worked in Irvine at first.
2: I remember this. Yeah, and I got fired for tweeting. It was right before we did Fresh Faces at Laugh Factory. At New Faces? No, not New Faces. That was later. It was Fresh Faces, the show at the Laugh Factory. Oh remember wow! We, they put our clips up. I don't it even was remember. me, you, Nick Rutherford, fucking oh god, Reggie Junior. We all they vote. They put our, our clips online and then they vote. Oh, on I don't this.
1: even remember that. And
2: I rigged the system and I found a way that you could just sit at my computer in oh. the strip club and just vote for myself That's so I beat great. all of y'all. Well, it was a good set though.
1: Uh yeah, no, I, I went to college at University of Iowa and smoked weed and learned biomedical and got a degree in biomedical engineering for the sole purpose of moving to New York or Los Angeles to pursue stand up because I didn't have uh, my family wasn't poor, but we didn't have at no point was somebody going to be like, here's some money, go to L.A., give it a shot. I knew I needed to like get a degree that I can then go land a job and make it not look like I'm moving there to do comedy. But really, that's what I was doing. Sure. So then I found that job in Irvine. Uh, I did it for two years, drove from Irvine up to Hollywood every night to do shows and then went crazy, tweeted a photo of my boss in the refrigerator, said, looks like it's feeding time. And she like printed it out and showed our bosses and fired me. And then I moved to Caltech. Then I switched to Caltech and I worked on uh, interocular lenses there. And um, I worked there till the day I got SNL.
2: Fuck yeah, dude. Let me ask you this, because obviously there has, to, I feel like there has to be some co- sort of correlation. I want to know, how is biomedical engineering and stand-up comedy similar?
1: Uh, Just 100% disciplined. You have to be disciplined to get a biomedical engineering degree. You have to be disciplined to be a good stand-up comedian. You can't take shortcuts. It's like, I have to work really hard at this.
2: First of all, that's that's I, don't, I kind of agree with that and I kind of don't. There are shortcuts for certain people that just get these. I mean, to be a good stand-up, to be
1: a good stand up. Yeah. I've only ever wanted to be the best stand up of all time. And I'm like now I'm like thirty two and I'm
2: like realizing I'm like shit. Oh, I, when thought, I was like <laughs> I thought you were saying, Well, I'm ranked thirty two. No. <laughs> I I'm, was
1: like, there's a ranking I'm thirty two <laughs> years old and now I'm like, I just like to be a pretty good one. Yeah, just but work, like when I bro. was like twenty five, I was like, I want to be the greatest of all time and I realized that like it's hard. Yeah. Like I only want to be respected by stand-ups. I could care about anything else. Like that's why SNL like I'm like you can watch critter control and all that lame shit, but like Weekend Updates were cool. I'm really proud of the Weekend Updates. I yeah. Did. Because that's stand-up. And that's saying something. Uh, which is so much cooler to me than like getting murdered in a wall by possums with Ed Norton, which is cool. <laughs> which is cool
2: It gets your buddies with Will Nord- with Edward Norton. Well, I mean,
1: I saw him once in New York. You know what's funny is I got uh, when Woody Harrelson hosted SNL the year after I was only on it one year. Uh, who could have guessed? And uh, Ed Norton calls when Woody Harrelson's hosting, and he goes, "Hey, I want to come in and do a, 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 that critter control again." And they go, "We fired the guy." <laughs> uh, and then they called, and they were like hey would you be okay like if they did Critter Control i go fuck you no <laughs> you know because like people do respect who wrote it or for whatever. sure yeah, yeah
2: I mean, you're the heart and soul of Critter Control it's my idea it's your idea you can't yeah. do it you, you fired me. I can do it I'm gone alright that goes into What a Wonderful Man uh, I just gotta say this this is uh, the tale of two songs I think this is might be one of the worst openings of a song not I don't want to say ever but definitely on this record because I don't know how they could go from this Oh god. That's uh, fun this to me. This is fucking. It's fun to me. Garbage. I right, stop. <laughs> oh, wait. But then it goes to this. So I can't say it's a terrible song. I hate parts of it, but I fucking love when it rips. Uh, this, though, is about uh, Jim's childhood friend and former uh, Month of Sunday's bandmate, Aaron Todovich, uh, who, after a long battle with depression, committed suicide in 2003. Uh, and this is Jim's way of doing an upbeat poppy tribute uh, instead of doing something sad, which I fucking dig. All yeah. right. Uh, would you have something to say?
1: No, that's awesome.
2: Uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, all right, uh, off the record. Now, once again, uh this is probably my least favorite song. Is
1: this Baby in a Blender?
2: Um No, that's going to be the next. No, one. it's not Baby in a Blender. Okay. So, this was the first single released from Z and the only song Jim James shared co-writing credits on with rhythm section Tom Blankenship and Patrick Hollahan.
1: Which Patrick is rad. I've met uh we went drinking at together at um Bonnaroo. He's awesome.
2: Oh, I would I would die to see my morning jacket at Bonnaroo. The, I saw he, Pearl Jam at Bonnaroo.
1: They weren't even playing there. It was um, it was my other friend uh, L J Jack Lawrence, who's yeah. in the Tours, the Greenhorns, um, and uh, Jack White's other band. You're probably
2: fans with like Alison Moss Hart. And yeah, fucking, well, he's yeah, in he's in her the you're other. Probably, song. You're probably you just you're the cool guy, dude. You're fa- you're probably cool. Well, he, you're, are you cool with Josh Homme. I saw him the other night. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Well, the Raconteurs played up the Greek. I hit up L J. It was like, hey, can we come? Uh, it's great. But um, Lil' Jack was playing in City and Color with that guy Dallas Green or whatever. And then afterwards, I was like, yo, we're going to go watch um, – uh, we're going to go watch um, – who was it? Elton John. And he was like, no, fuck that. We're going to this bar outside of Bonnaroo, and we're going to watch the San Antonio Spurs, like, play in the NBA playoffs. So I was like, all right. And then uh, Pat was there. Patrick was there. And it was like a really fun time. It was like all like I was like, oh my god, this is so cool! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, is Jack Lawrence, <laughs> Patrick, oh man, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, Elton John, so lame. <laughs> and my my girlfriend at the time did not come. She was like, are you fucking nuts? I'm going to see Elton John.
2: Yeah, and, uh, it's. I mean, you got if you've if you've never seen Elton, I just saw him. He's incredible. But yeah. I wouldn't pass up for that connection. It was really that fun. human connection with those two guys. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks With Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. This is Krista Makes,
0: guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast
2: Back to this shitty song. Alright, so the reason it's here's a great song. He, he, No, it's not. Here's why I hate the song. Alright, so it starts off like Hawaii 5 0. Then it has all this like Motown cadoodles in it. And then it turns into reggae. And everyone knows I hate white reggae music. White people should not be playing reggae fuck 311 fuck t- uh you know sh- shorty grooves or and fucking all white here's, reggae here's my
1: defense to them playing reggae if they played an album of reggae I get it but they're just showing <laughs> you for a little bit hey we can reggae <laughs> okay. Where they're just proving they could reggae <laughs> if needed to be like, I mean, you need, does we need a reggae we got uh, a little oh, bit you, of it
2: you don't think we can reggae oh we'll reggae. Uh, we can reggae all right here play the cheeseball mcgee chorus because it's so bad It's not terrible because it, that part's pretty catchy. I do actually like the, the ending that gets all sex groovy. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a relationship that Jim wants to keep off the record. Ooh, Ooh scandalous. Here's the other <laughs> part about My Money jacket. Ooh, I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> Maybe why I
1: don't know as much is, I, and why I like them so much is like they're an album band. They're not a singles
2: I band. I understand that. So when
1: I listen to Z, I'm not like, I better put on... This song from Z, I'm like I just want to hear Z.
2: I understand. I understand that, but I just I just think this one's a miss. Um
1: no, but I'm saying that's why I'm like a little I'm like I'm, like, I'm, like I'm a little off on which song is which cuz I'm like I don't know, man, it's just in my head, you know, when a song ends and you just listen at CD all the time, you just know the next song, you don't know the name of it. Yeah. It's just like okay, now it's like T-t-t-t-t-t. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I love it. The next song is the one that I I right. have comical problems
2: Perfect. with. Perfect. All right. But for serious though, you went on the record, on the record. when you tweeted about f- your firing from SNL. Oh, yeah!
1: It's the funniest thing I did on SNL is I, when I got fired, I go, um, "Fired from New York at Saturday night," uh, and um, the funniest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then Tim Robinson, who's great, he he like called me and he was like, "How long's that been in the hopper?" Uh, and I said, are you even cooking? I, at? Go, I go since December.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you know, did you have that feeling? Like what? No. Like what? I, where, last, how did it suddenly end up to, the last, how did it happen? The
1: last conversation I had with Lauren Michaels was, um, maybe like four episodes left. I had done an update. It went great. And he said, I hope you're having fun. Get comfortable. You're going to be here seven years. And I was like, that's huge. Wow. That's like, so that, you don't know what a weight that brought off my shoulders. Cause I was really worried I was gonna get fired, and he's like, "No, no, no," uh, and then, but that was at an after party. I'm sure we'd all had like a few beers. Yeah, you
2: had a few little uncle Uncle Clark. So did he.
1: So I, you know, and he's in a good mood, and he's in a good mood. Uh, he obviously
2: liked you. I
1: mean, so no, and he's given Nobody me, he, wants to fire. He has given somebody. me so much, uh, so many other opportunities since then, and I. But um, but that was so. I honestly thought I'm safe because my boss told me I was sure. And then I was walking home on Houston. With my girlfriend at the time, um, and uh, it was on Houston and B, and we were in the grocery store, and uh, I just got like a call from my reps. It was the day you find out if you're renewed or not, July fifteenth, and uh, I get a call, and I'm like, "Yo, what's up?" And they're like, "Hey, it's just not a <laughs> it good." That sound good. And I go, so, was it more
2: like hey, or was it like hey?" It was like hey, and I go, <laughs> "That's, that's I go, what it should be." It's and a, I just hey. go, "Did I
1: get fired?" And uh, my boss goes, I mean, not my boss, my agent goes, no other fucking way to say it. And I was like, <laughs> did they say why? And she's like, no. And uh, afterwards, like, producers took me out and they just apologized. They're like, yeah, this is a tough,
2: tough gig. You'll be fine. Yeah, and you have been.
1: It's been, yeah, no, and uh, honestly, like, M.A., I met all of my friends at that show. Uh,
2: che, you're tight with Che. Well, Puckin. like, Seth
1: Myers is is who I just went on the road opening for, and, like, we still, like, I'm doing stand-up on his show. It's just... And then like a few weeks and it, I've sat down, he promoted my record when it came out. Like, it's just like you met, I met the nicest people of all time. Everyone who, oh, works I can imagine the connection so that
2: nice. you get from, uh, you, you get from, from just working. Anytime you worked it, I've worked on a movie. I've done any, my TV yeah. show. It was like the people, like every camera guy I was mm-hmm. like, I'm a Frank. I was like, I fucking love you, man. Yeah. It's just, you build that uh, it was trust. Great. All right, uh, so the next song is one that you said you find hysterical. Is the one hysterical. that is like, what
1: the fuck are you talking about?
2: Yeah, this is like a demented carnival waltz that has yeah. all these like freaky nursery rhyme a lyrics. A baby
1: in a blender. baby in a
2: blender. Go ahead and play that fucking weird verse. A kitten on fire. A baby
1: in a blender. In my head, This is just Jim James being like, um, let's see the craziest thing I can say and make them sound hauntingly beautiful.
2: Well, I think that's in a sense what he's doing, because this is about a song, a love song uh about killing kittens and babies and also ha- uh the favorite masturbation technique because there's a line where he says a good shower head in my right hand the two best lovers i ever had i oh, think wow. i think that's a way of of uh, of, of talking about masturbation sure. in, a, in a very eloquent way um, Beautiful,
1: but yeah that's uh this of any song on z this is my skip
2: yeah, this is, I, I definitely skip over this one. What What Morty found out is that this is about protecting yourself from being hurt in a relationship and letting your guard down through sex is usually how it begins. Uh, then we go into Anytime. Which is and my
1: opening to anyone who wants to know about My Morning Jacket.
2: As it should be. I love this song. Can play you play it. the
1: very beginning? Can you get the very beginning or no? Just the, the intro, you just hear this real small, <laughs> damn. And I think it's the coolest thing, My Morning Jacket it's my favorite part of any my morning jacket song it's my favorite part of my favorite band we just this like real small and i don't know if you've heard it because you got to listen oh no i've i mean well i, I don't i
2: haven't like done the, the deep deep but i'm deep. saying
1: it's just like a real subtle. yes yeah, so you miss it <laughs> it's so fun yeah I just love that. That's so exciting to me. That is great. That yeah. is
2: great. Um, this to me uh, sounds like Southern rock cold play. And this is just a great totally like, straight ahead rocker. And then the keys that are in it are great. Uh, it sounds like it's about the inability to communicate in a relationship and maybe knowing when to let go. Now, you and I have a social media fetish. You dated Grace Helbig with like four billion followers. I dated Brittany Furlon with four billion followers, I've, but I've in been, a bikini, but I, in a bikini.
1: I've been to Tommy Lee's house with Grace to with Brittany. <laughs> because they were doing a thing. Grace Helbig is a wonderful person. She's uh, We we were working on a television show together right now. It's That's like great. One of those rare, uh, we broke up, but we still uh, work
2: together. But what was it like when you're being in the relationship with someone so hell bent, on getting love from strangers when you're right in the next room? Oh, I don't think
1: I, I don't know Brittany, but I do know. I know Brittany, but like, I wouldn't say that's that. That was grace's take when I was with, I don't want to speak for grace. We're not dating anymore. Um, I just know she's wonderful and cool. Uh, And, but I just looked at her as like, a, I just looked up to her as like a person with an ex, insane work ethic. Like her videos are edited and made well and uploaded, And they have like, they make, young women feel positive about themselves it's for i don't know and she wrote two books she's just like i don't know i looked at her as just like uh, her own like go get em. like she she created her own thing like like she went outside of hollywood to make it happen so i don't know i just had nothing but respect for what she was
2: doing no okay all right. Uh, I, I
1: really do. I just respected the shit out of Grace, and it, like, it like changed my whole point of view on, like... I was, like, such a, like, a comedy fucking snob. Like, stand up feeling like comedy. I'm like, oh, no, whatever makes you laugh is comedy.
2: No, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was... When I dated Britney, it was right before all of that. But it was still, like, the whole social media thing. I mean, well, how do you feel about somebody now or, like, putting, like, your life out there on social media? I mean,
1: I... I have no problem with. It. I don't know. I like. Uh, I mean, it's all like a fabricated sense of who we are. But, sure. Like, I like traveling. I like photography. So like, uh, I, I'll try to like go to national parks and take cool photos because like, in my brain, I'm like, this is what I like to see. Um yeah. But then I'll also like tweet out my mug shot to be like, hey, check it out. This is funny.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right. The next song is my favorite on the record. Uh, Lay low. Um, Ooh. I love. Everything about this song Mm -hmm. I love the way he sings the lyrics I love the guitar riff, the chorus The heavy, like, distorted drums But the best part of this song Is the ending Play the ending for me (laughs) minutes and two seconds of one of the most powerful double dueling guitar solo piano jam outs uh, that that's like that's sharing the same DNA with Leonard Skynyrd so and good. the Allman Brothers now now I, I, I think it's about trying to doogle his girl into staying home rather than going out for, for for whatever like but I could give a fuck about what the song is about mm-hmm. this is a perfect song just
1: I mean, yeah, it's jamming.
2: It's Perfect. Great. So, all right. So, I think this song is why the album is on this list. So, this is I, when I asked you to do this. what I
1: quick cue are ahead. any are there any other My Morning Jacket so albums on this list? Don't know. Don't know. Okay, because I would say this is probably their most polished, fun one to throw on the sure. list. But I'm with you. Like where I like it, still moves
2: more. I still it still moves one of my favorite records. But this is why. I think this album deserves to be on here. So I mentioned earlier, Angelo loved this song. He okay. loved this song. He loved this album. And, and I was always like, eh, eh, eh. And so I'm prepping to do the interview with you. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the record a bunch. And I had to go to San Diego last Wednesday. Yeah. And I drive down to San Diego. And then on the way home, I was like, let me listen to this record. And I'm smoking a little bit of pot. And then this comes on. Mm-hmm. And dude, I just start weeping weeping like not not regular i'm just getting choked up yeah. like i looked over and angelo best, was the, in the seat next to me that like, best
1: friend cry that best friend died cry i have i have uh my best friend died his birthday was yesterday kevin barnett yeah and i i had a I had an un, inconsolable laundry room cry yeah like just like something snapped and it's just like like this like this song clicked and angelo's there like Something happened. and I wanted to text Kevin, and I couldn't. And he was. And that's, yeah. dude. That
2: was it, man. It was that I wanted, and I wanted just to talk to him about this song. I yeah. wanted to go. You were right, man. I fucking get it now. Like I fucking.
1: That makes way more sense. Get it? You text me. You're like Lalo had me sobbing. And I go, well, that's a weird one to sob to, but <laughs> now with the context, I'm like, yeah, no, you had that. Yeah, that dead best friend cry.
2: Yeah, that is like. You're inconsolable. It it was, but it was beautiful. It was this beautiful thing. I like when I get that choked up, man. And since I've started doing this, this, uh, the, some of the albums have made me, uh, open up. Uh, I think it's called sea diver on, um, on Mata hoople, uh, off of all the young dudes that made me cry. Uh, A song by Bonnie Raitt, Uh, love has no pride, but nothing made me cry. Like this.
1: Like a like a dead best friend cry.
2: Like a dead best friend cry. Yeah. In that moment, my energy like changed where I got like I felt like warmer. It just everything was it was different to the point where I was like I was like, uh Angelo is in he's like he's literally consoling me right now. Wow. And it felt like that.
1: I mean it's a great song. It was great weed too, yeah. by the okay. way. The yeah, weed
2: yeah. was really good. That but a good song. but it was it's just it was just so fucking incredible. And I do think this is, in my opinion, this and one more song are the reasons why. This is on. What, the Dante? Yeah. Motherfucker, you know what's up. Yeah. All right. Next one, uh, Not Comes Loose. Uh, this kind of reminded me of Neil Young's Harvest Moon. It's, it's fun. A, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, coming off of uh, Lay Low, it's a nice transition. Yeah. Uh, it's pleasant. Uh, I'm glad they didn't do their thing of going into a huge guitar explosion at some mm-hmm. point. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know how hard it probably is for Jim James to, to not write a song and go, uh, you know should, shouldn't we add like a 17 minute jam like, rock like, and roll explosion like you, you know like <laughs> anytime
1: john furshott you know any john furshante record on the chili peppers because you're like oh it's got a guitar solo for 35 seconds yeah. it's the best guitar solo i've ever heard every fucking john furshante song has they're like let's let and then we'll let john do his thing for a minute and then back to yeah. bebop to keeps cops you got it. if you ha- if you have the ability, why not?
2: No, I- 100%. I mean, a hundred percent. You got to band
1: this. Good, let them go. Let them yeah, breathe.
2: It's, it's like listening to November Rain. Yeah, and uh Being there's, like, there's two guitar solos. And you're by like, Slash. let's get back to Axel. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right, dude, Slash, you've had you're going again yeah. for another three minutes. All right, well, I it's actually it. it's one of the most beautiful pieces of written music I've ever heard in my life. So uh, if you can bring that out of your guitar, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did love that song but I want to get to the final one before we get to facts
1: yeah which is my favorite which is, is so my, Dante's your favorite well anytime de Dante is my favorite like kind of every it's like it encompasses my morning jacket as a whole like anytime is a good intro but de Dante is like yeah these guys this is seven minute banger that flows in and out you can write to it like uh, I listen to Okonokos, uh, which is their their live,
2: live CD their yeah. live
1: uh it was four out four disc four record thing and I used to when I would write Uh, It's great because each each side's about like 22 minutes. So you jam for 22 minutes, get up, flip it and you rewrite, rewrite what you just read, what you just wrote. And this is all all pre-SNL. This is like all the shit that got me to SNL was all listening to Okinokos, which is mostly this, which is this tour live.
2: Yeah. All right. So this is the final song on the album. Uh, Once again, it's about Jim's ex-bandmate Aaron Tobovich. But this one is really a poignant and powerful piece. Uh, I think. For me at least The falsetto singing Reminded me of Radiohead It mm-hmm. reminded me a lot Of uh Of the talk show host song Do you know what I'm talking about I don't I don't
1: listen to Radiohead Not like purposefully it's I just kind of
2: sacrilege On this show bro Alright we're, we're a uh, t- uh, Podcast over You can, you can go
1: I don't know what to tell you, man. It's just like a band that,
2: that fell through the cracks. Can I make you a, can I make you a Radiohead a starter, starter kit, kit? Please. Okay, done. I
1: also went on a tour of uh, a bunch of festivals one year when Radiohead was doing, so I saw Radiohead. And at, in each city, I'd have like a plus one. So I'd bring my friend, whoever was living in New Orleans at Voodoo Fest, whoever was at Lollapalooza, whoever was at Governor's Ball, I'd have a plus one. And every fucking time, whoever I brought, they only wanted to see Radiohead. I'm like, I've seen them three times this I know, summer. but they're so
2: good, though. And look,
1: they always did a great job.
2: tag team jane child meredith brooks looking glass sean mullins eiffel 65 emf crash test dummies crazy
0: town chumbawamba we have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week so
2: pass the dutchy make sure you're connected and subscribe to one hit thunder wherever you get your pods well all right but back to back to my morning jacket i do feel this sounds a little bit like that like them right now uh half the song is barely there but then it just explodes peter Just weeping again in the car. It made me smile. Weeping. It made me smile. I'm in a bad mood. I I was full blown. like. <laughs> so I mean, just, I was. <laughs> so I think for me, Lay Low and this song. That's why I love this record. I really could skip over everything else and just listen to those two songs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll fight you on that one just because I think they all flow together so well. And it's just like an overall vibe versus like individual songs, which I think the Dante is like an overall vibe. It's, it would be like, what's this album like? It's like this, and it's just various versions of Completely.
2: this. Completely. Now, once again, Jim explained that this was from a dream where Aaron was waiting for him and his loved ones to welcome them to heaven and help them get settled in. Now, I'm going to go all James Lipton on your list, okay. okay? What has been your most profound loss?
1: Um, Kevin Barnett. What? My- a guy I talk to every day. Dive. So if you don't know,
2: Kevin was an incredible comedian writer. Yeah. Um, do you want to take it? I mean, yeah, you, you Kevin Burnett is him. Kevin.
1: Burnett was uh, my first friend in New York city. I moved there. Uh, we first time I was ever on TV was with Kevin. He's exactly my age. Uh, he, he's, he would have been 33 yesterday. I turned 33 in two weeks and we just went, we was my best friend and he, he was uh, the the show. Friends of the people, Then he moved out here and he made the show – he wrote for the Carmichael show. Then he made uh, Rel's show, Rel. Then him and Josh Rabinowitz, who's his writing partner, made Kevin versus Josh. This whole time, we're hanging out. He's making a sketch show. I'd leave SNL and go swing by friends of the people and have – it was like Jermaine Fowler, uh, Lil Rel, um, uh, Josh Rabinowitz, the Lucas Brothers. Those were like my New York pals. It was awesome. Uh, and it was so great. And I would like go and I want it to be on their show and not SNL. Cause I was like, this is more enjoyable. And Kevin was just like, we hung out every night. And then, uh, literally I went to Mexico with my girlfriend. Uh, and, uh, the next week Kevin goes down and give him some taco spots and I get a call. Kevin died. Like it was just out
2: of nowhere. What, 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 what took him? Like he what?
1: had, uh, a um, uh, like a gull uh, shoot. I can't think of what it's called. Like it was something weird, like an internal, like, uh, a gastrointestinal thing, like uh, like a basically like appendix, just fucking like yeah. in the sleep.
2: That is inc- That is insane. It was like it's it, insane. Yeah, it was like 30. hard
1: to. It's still hard to process. Like you get the moments, like you want to talk to Angela, where you're like, I want to text him, and you go to fire off a text to the, your go to text bud, and you're like, Oh, he's he died.
2: I still, I still have Ange as if you go to my favorites. I mean, it's still the top one, and I'll never, yeah. I'll never change it. I don't think the phone number works anymore.
1: I mean, dude, Kev was so great. I got engaged and then broke up on different trips to Hawaii, and I was like a, such a bummer. And uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> I mean, I was rich for like a, um, like a year one time. It was awesome.
2: Why, uh, why were you rich for a year?
1: Uh, SNL college gigs pay a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bet. Oh, I bet, dude. Uh, so, I, I but I blew it all. And uh, <laughs> but in that time, I went to Hawaii and got engaged. And then, like, I was touring, and me and my girlfriend fighting. I was like, let's just bounce back to Hawaii. And we had such a good time that we broke up there. So I'm like, dude, fucking Hawaii is cursed. And then Kevin was like, nah, man. And so just Kevin and I went on, like, this trip to Hawaii, just us. So he's like, get over Hawaii, man. Fuck that. This, isn't, this island isn't to anybody. And it worked great. So the most fun I've ever had. Is me and Kevin just tooling around Maui and, uh, you know, cried a couple times. And then he was like, it's all good. Just literally best friend stuff. And then I was like, okay, I'm good with Hawaii. And then fucking Kevin died. I'm like, I'll never go back to Hawaii. Uh, yeah, which is fine. But There's that's, that's
2: great that you had that, that, that time in Hawaii. But that's what I'm them. saying.
1: He's the sort of guy who was like... No, nothing is in control of you. Like, you can't let a person ruin this island. So the fact that I won't want to go back because of Kevin, he would be like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, go back there and remember what we did there.
2: It was so fun. He was such a great guy, man. I I love hearing you talk about him. Yeah, I I, I was really lucky enough to do a lot of festivals Mm -hmm. uh, with him. And in the last couple, like we expect, I think the last time I really got to hang out with him was when we were at Moon Tower, when one of you wasn't actually on. I wasn't booked
1: on the show. I wasn't booked for Moon Tower. I was just in Austin to see a friend. And then me and Kevin got drunk in the day. And he's like, I don't want to do my set. And I was like, I'll do it. And then so he just roasted me for while I did my set
2: and we were just you were both like hammered oh you, well you were you were fucking saucy so as fuck, but yeah. the difference between me and kevin
1: is kevin can like it's Handle fun it, it's yeah. fun if kevin's drunk yeah, <laughs> yeah like,
2: you're just sweaty and yeah. a bunch of denim i'm like, just telling you what's oh, wrong God. that's what
1: happened when like che hosted the emmys this last this last year i went and met up with like the after party with michael che and jost and che's like look yo let's get Let's get hammered to me because we used to drink at SNL. I was like, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. And we both really did get very drunk. And the only difference was uh, Michael Che had just hosted the Emmys. And you were just. And I was just his. You were his plus one. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he, he gets to, he's got, that was a tough day for him. You were drinking
2: before you got like, here. They're like, all right, Che, Che's acting a little wild, but who is this motherfucker from the critic control? Yeah, like, yeah. who's this motherfucker? Hey, who's the guy who's got John Ham cornered? <laughs> all right. You want to do some facts? Facts, 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 facts. All those facts in a bottle of facts. Uh, I know that's not off this record, but I couldn't think of any other no, melodies. He did a great job. When right. this was first released on CD, it contained a copy protection software that made it unable to be played on a computer or burned. That band was so unhappy with that that they put information up on their website on how to bypass the technology and even offered to burn CDs for their loss. For wow. their fans. I'm sorry. For the fans. That's great. Uh, they are the first Napster. They're awesome. I, I mean. I miss Napster. I, it was fun.
1: I, yeah. It was cool to be like, I'd like every Beatles song ever. <laughs>
2: ever. Yeah. I, and, oh, it's going to take me three days to download yeah. while my guitar gently weeps no one pick up the phone yeah don't pick up the phone we hadn't we had dial up and we had and i had napster and i and that was what sucks we didn't have a cd burner so i had to listen to all my music in my dad's office mm. um i was
1: all about the jerky boys baby you're a jerky
2: boys dude but jerky head hey you fucking knucklehead Egyptian but magician. Ma- were you big into
1: napster i was big into like prank calls and comedy off off of it
2: okay you're fucking. Why don't you ever get? A, you should be on Stern. You should like do fucking prank calls for Stern.
1: I've made a prank call CD when I was like in ninth grade.
2: Everybody made a prank call CD when they were in ninth grade, bro. You're not special. We all did that.
1: Wait, you f- you recorded your own prank. We calls we got this suction them?
2: cup that goes on the fucking went yeah. on the head of the receiver and that goes okay. into a tape recorder and we fucking yeah, dude. I don't Greg know if everybody Greg did it. Greg, find that shit and send it to me. All right, motherfucker. We got that shit. You ain't I special. Say, I didn't. Say, I didn't. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. a brag. Yeah, I, I, f- I saw. It. I saw an air of confidence. Your head raised a little bit because it, cool. it was fun. It was fun. I'm Sorry, I'm teasing. All right, Zach Galifianakis is a huge fan and friend of the band and appeared on stage with them during their marathon set at the 2008 Bonnaroo Festival, appearing in a little orphan Annie dress.
1: Little orphan Annie? Yeah,
2: I, I had it. a stroke while saying little it, orphan but... Orny. <laughs> little orphan. That's what... great. What's the weirdest gig you've ever had?
1: Uh, Opening for Ludacris. Uh, do tell uh at the gator growl university of florida um uh i hate you i hate you so much every student who goes there um it's a giant huge mega their homecoming show and uh this band foster the people played first uh
2: all the little skis yeah Baba Dee, super cool but nice dudes had a nice
1: time with them run. great guys they play like, I don't know, 17,000 They people? really only
2: had that song.
1: They had a bunch. They got some other songs. They were very nice. If I don't know it,
2: they don't have anything They else.
1: comforted me after about what I'm oh, yeah, so about to tell them. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, so they're nice guys. <laughs> they invited me onto their bus, and they said, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, well, how, so, why? why? Why was it? Okay, so I'm explaining.
2: Okay, please. Uh, they
1: play. Yeah. They do good. They play the pumped-up kicks. <laughs> Everybody's having fun. <laughs> Fireworks go off. <laughs> Clearly, Ludacris bow, is bow. next. No. <laughs> Brooks is coming up, and he's got 30 minutes about Furbies. And uh, it was basically, you know what, full circle, how I blame My Morning Jacket for keeping Pearl Jam from happening. The band thought that I was keeping Ludacris tied up in the back.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the audience. audience, yeah.
1: And uh, so I was like, hey, how's it going? They're like, what the fuck?
2: Get this crispy critter off the goddamn stage. It was stage. awful.
1: I also never performed at such a big venue where I didn't know you you, you needed monitors. Because I, I would I – would, Talk and then my voice would happen like 30 like like a half a second behind me. Yeah, so it's confusing. It's weird. How many people, like 17 to 20,000 people, (whistles) and um, I got booed off pretty quick. How how
2: quickly into it? Like, oh,
1: I think because I was getting paid like 10 grand, so I was like, I'll stick this out. Oh, you have to, yeah, yeah, you just eat shit, dude. And uh, and like I tried to go into the crowd, it didn't work. It was just a fucking nightmare. And How, how um, long do you think you did? I probably did like 10 before somebody came out. No oh, light. Just okay. a person came out and she goes, you can stop. Uh, and I go, okay. And I left and like Ludacris was like, yo, I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, fuck
2: you. <laughs> no, um, he's like, move,
1: bitch. Get out the way. No, they no, want me. No, uh, he was like, he was honestly he was being nice. He's like, I thought that was really funny. And I'm like, shell shocked. I was like, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh And then the dudes and foster people were like, that, that was a rough crowd. I go, fuck you. You got pumped up kicks. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't got pumped you got up. Got a hit. You got, <laughs> just go into that hit.
2: Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear my biomedical uh, engineering comedy. Yeah, I don't want to hear about How like (laughs) hey is any
1: of you guys' dad Kind of nuts Uh I got boot off, and I was like, "Let's see if Ludacris can get him." He did. He oh, absolutely yeah, got him. Yeah, dude, he did a great job. He was fantastic. The crowd was very much was like, there to see Ludacris. He, he, he just was like, "All right, what
2: the fuck was that shit? Y'all ready?" He, he was. was like, I wanna so lick, 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 lick you so from your head to your. This is so funny because me and Angelo used to sing that song all the time. I wanna move on the bed, down, 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 to the, the, down. The, he, well, he did I a wanna... great job.
1: um My check cleared, and I will never return. I went back to Gainesville to do uh i think this place called the high dive or something whatever their punk club is thinking of the seventeen thousand people 200 of them had to be like i like that that was nuts uh so i was like i'll go back i'll do this little punk club no they were still mad it was years later uh i was even in like the gator whatever their fucking lame college newspaper is they're like some people might remember Brooks Whelan as the person who ruined homecoming. Like I'm like, fucking college homecoming? You dorks. Uh, you ruined it. That's Yo, fantastic. It was awful. I hate Gainesville. Shout out to Tallahassee. Shout out to <laughs> Orlando, UCF, Florida State. Very cool, very cool. All right.
2: All right, last fact. So earlier in their career, most of the band used to have long hair and were known for quite a bit of on-stage headbanging. But as they yeah. got older... And those antics took their toll. They had to start doing yoga and seeing chiropractors. That ends up. How has your lifestyle changed as you've gotten older? I mean, if uh, you look at me, my place smells like Buddha's butthole. Uh, you're literally sitting on uh, amethyst rose crystal. and I, the, the table's made out of smoky quartz.
1: I switched to wine. I had to switch to wine. Uh, I got fat, and in my brain, wine has no calories. It's zero calories in wine. I don't know if li- you listeners knew that, but there's no calories in wine. I've never looked it up. It's just what I tell myself. Uh, so I drink wine now instead of how
2: beer. how like, what were what was your drink of choice? Like what were you? Always, you were a beer guy. I'm a
1: beer guy uh, because because at, at the University of Iowa, uh, it's so insane there. Like uh, in at, at in Iowa City, that was like two dollar pitchers of whatever you want. That means mixed drinks. So I'd get a two dollar pitcher of a Long Island iced tea and it would I would slam it and then it's see you tomorrow uh, and then you know you end up on a roof or something and uh, so I learned in college pretty quick like no hard alcohol is not for you buddy so I switched to beer because it's like a governor on how drunk I can get you can't get like too wild on bushlight. bush light now uh, so I drank that until I was like oh I'm I'm chubby and then I, now I switch to wine. So I would say I stopped headbanging by drinking. I'll drink beer on stage because I don't want to look like a dickhead. N- nothing's funny <laughs> about a guy sipping wine while he says that red lobster isn't fancy. Like it's, but uh, but yeah, I switched to I switched to uh, uh, wine, and now I don't turn my nose up to vegan options. I always get them because I'm like, that's probably better for you. <laughs>
2: I don't think so, dude. You know, cashew cheese is way worse than fucking regular cheese.
1: I don't know, man. In my dumb brain, zero calories. And vegan, zero calories. And I'll sometimes I'll do a week on zero calories.
2: <laughs> with, with with your brain, with what you've studied and what you've done, uh, I think we all should start listening to you. Brooks, this was fantastic, man.
1: I, I also want to say, Bo, who is the keyboardist in this band, very cool guy. Yeah. In my wearing jacket, he's awesome. Patrick, the drummer, very awesome. Jim, I met uh, a few times. Very very awesome. Very cool. All all nice cool guys. That like that's I think that's also why I, you like you love a band is you're like I could be friends with that band. I'm not, but I like the picture I am.
2: What did I tell you guys? A true fan for all things Brooks Wheelan, go to BrooksWheelan.com and follow him at Brooks wheelan on all social media. I'll be posting Brooks' Spotify mixtape, so get up on that. Listen to the musical mind of Brooks Wheelan and all of the guests on the show. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media and email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. Please subscribe on Spotify, guys, or your favorite platform. But listen to it on Spotify. But if you are listening to it on Apple, rate and leave a review. Follow the staff at Avery Funny, at DJ Morty Coyle, at JT Podcast Exec, at Badass Wizard, and at Real Matt Pinfield. Now we just listened to My Morning Jacket from 2005. For new music this week, our music director Matt Pinfield selected Dead Man Winter. Deadman winner is led by Dave Simonette of the band Trampled by Turtles. That's a great band name. Not only is DMW a huge My Morning Jacket fan, they've actually played with them before. Listen to their track Destroyer from their most recent album Furnace on Spotify and check out the link on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you're in a band and you want your music featured on the 500 website, send us your track to 500 podcast at gmail.com and make sure you put the album and artists that influenced you in the subject line. Next week is Marvin Gaye Week with his 1978 cocaine PCP divorce album, Here, My Dear. I'm not lying. You got some homework to do. Listen to that album on Spotify. Stay fleecy.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Keb Kebmo, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more.